Amen. Amen. It looks like we got the live stream going. So everybody who is on Facebook, um, thanks for joining us that way. Uh, we've got the Thanksgiving festivities that is happening this week. Uh, I hope everybody has a, a, a family member to go and be with and to to have a meal with. If you don't, please let us know. We'll have we'll have a place for you if you want to come. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited about today's message, and the reason why I'm excited about today's message is because I find myself constantly when I think about Thanksgiving. You know, I. I have to think about the thing that Thanksgiving is about. You may go, well, Dusty, Thanksgiving is about you know football and food, right? I mean, <laughs> no, Thanksgiving, you know, is about us having thankfulness for something. Okay, well, if there was nothing to be thankful for, you wouldn't be thankful for it. Does that make sense to everybody? I saw a couple of like, huh? What just happened? See, what I want, what I want you to understand is that if if there was nothing that had happened, you wouldn't be able to be thankful for it. We don't just have thankfulness for nothing. And see, I think a lot of times in people's hearts and minds, they'll go, "Well, I'm going to be thankful to God," but then they grasp and have a struggle to actually place why they were thankful. They may look at their family and go, well, I'm thankful for my family, but is it just something I said or is it something that I attached to something? Does that make sense? As I'm going along, this is going to make more sense. But what I wanted to open us up with is I wanted to open us up with this. There is a mindfulness of favor. Do you know that if you have favor with someone, then that means that you know what they have done. You have to understand that the word thankfulness, we're going to find out this in a minute. It just means that we are placing some sort of favor to that idealism of who they are. And see, this is one of the reasons why I believe that the the body of Christ has a hard time being thankful for stuff. It's because we don't do what Heather did. And Heather preached a awesome message. If you didn't hear that, go back and listen to it. We have it on live stream. We have it out there on the podcast. But Heather went through the the process of taking every single thing that she could find that she could be thankful for and wrote it down. You know what it did? It opened up her heart of belief to be thankful. It gave her opportunity to see the goodness and the favor of God. Do you know that most of the time as Christians, we have people who they go, oh, yeah, I'm thankful to God. I'm able to breathe. I'm, I'm you know, I'm six foot above ground, not six foot below ground. But do you know that after all of that, They don't really thank God. They're just glad that nothing bad's happened. Do you know there's a difference between, well, I'm glad nothing bad happened, and man, I'm really thankful for what happened. There is a huge difference. 
But I talk to people all the time that the first thing they'll say to you and, and you know, see if this doesn't happen to you. The, you know, you go, well, how you doing? And this is not being the word confession police by any means. But I see their heart. Well, I'm just getting by. You go, okay. And the next thing, you know, they'll say, you know what? If, if, I, didn't have, if I didn't have bad days, I wouldn't have days at all. <coughs> Do you know that, that whenever somebody says that, sometimes it's just funny, right? And you're like, ha ha, that was, that was hilarious. But there's people that I know that they live their day going, I found these five bad things in my life. And I would rather tell you about my five bad things than to tell you about my 10 or 12 good things. Do you know that there are so many good things that are going on for you that you don't even realize? That's one of the reasons why I think it is important for us to sometimes go and do what Heather did and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start thinking about the good things. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to keep up with it because you don't have to keep up with it the rest of your life. But sometimes you need to go, man, there was a lot more good things than there was bad things today. You know that whatever you put your focus on, that's what's going to rule your heart and your mind. Whatever you set your mind to doing, that's what's going to come to pass in your life. Do you know that I can sit back? I mean, we've, you know, we've heard of people who had deaths in their family. Uh, just this week, we've had some friends that have passed away, and we, you know, we were, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about these people and and about all of the good things that they had done. We you know we've talked about all of the the relationship pieces of it. You know, most people will sit there and go, well, "I just miss them," and so I'm just going to be upset. Do you know that thankfulness? is to understand who they were to you. You know, regret is, well, I didn't say all the things I wanted to say. Regret is, I didn't do all the things I wanted to do with them. And see, that's where I think that we are failing in the body of Christ, is that we look exactly like the world when it comes to thankfulness. Well, if I can't point to a great big thing or, or I can't see somebody that, that they just had total prosperity in everything, then they shouldn't be thankful. Well, guess what? If you live your life that way, you'll always see the bad. You'll never see the good. And see, Thanksgiving is the perfect time for us to say, I am thankful because I am favored by God. I am thankful because he is so good to me. And I can, I can name it off. You know, my dad, he's walking around back here. You know, he has been faithful to this church. Awesome. I mean, the man went and put out signs. We had one of them stolen. I could tell it really bothered him. He wanted to go take that person out. I could, I could tell he was like, I'm going to go sit up and I'm going to, We'll go find them. Do you know that he comes in, he does work throughout the church, throughout the week. I'm working another job. He comes in, he put up a sliding door. It's awesome looking. Amen. You know, I am thankful, not because of just that. Do you know that he was a great dad? 
and that he raised me up to have a good moral standing and to and to love God and to go into things that I probably wouldn't have he 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 helped me when it was the most bleakest times. You know, my mom, I can throw her into the same mix. My mom, every single time I had ADD and dyslexia, and she went through, I mean, hecking back to go and get me educated and to try to help me out. Do you know that I'm less thankful for the things that they do and more about who they are in my life. You know, there's a a love language and there's all these different things. There's like the acts of service. I don't know if anybody has read anything about love languages, but years ago it was a big deal and people talked about that. And there are some people that their love language is acts of service. There's some people that they're like touch, you know, and then there's some people that, you know, they... They want you to, um, you know, it's like kindness or, or I'm going to, you know, speak into your life. Well, you know, those are all, those are all love languages that we need to, to affirm, I guess, in people. And we need to, to have that in, in our own lives. But do you know that the things that we do for each other are less important than who we should be to, together? The relationships that we have. You know, you could do nothing for me, like not give me a dime, not buy me a Christmas present, which I can give you all my sizes. But, you know, you, you don't have to buy me anything. But if we're in relationship together and relationship is not about things, it's about who we are to each other. Do you know that when we are that way to each other? then thankfulness is about the favor that we have between each other. It's about the goodness that we have between each other. And so I'm setting the stage right now because I want you to open up your hearts beyond what you can see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. The five senses of of what God had given us in this body. And then look at what we have in our hearts. Because who God is to us and who He has brought us to be doesn't have to do with the things that you do. It has to do with the relationships and the time and the favor that you give towards other people. You know, there's a scripture in Matthew that says, you know, that, that give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom with the same measure that you meet shall be measured to you again. That's not a money scripture, by the way. Go read the whole context behind it, before it, beside it. Because if it was a money context, then it would be like if I walked up to Charlie and I gave him a dollar and Charlie goes, okay, well, I'm going to give you a dollar. Well, that's a, that's a commodity. That's a thing. Wait a minute, I, I'm going to stop for a second. Does that make sense to everybody? You know... One of the things that we need to understand is that commodities do not build relationships. Dollars don't don't make sense in relationships. Do you know that if the same measure that I meet to you shall be measured to me again from you? That's reciprocating something that goes beyond the, the almighty dollar or a gift. It has to do with how I have relationship with you and how I treat you. 
And see, when it's measured back to me again, it means that it's reciprocal. It's coming back to me. Does that make sense to everybody? I want to make sure before I move on because I think that's an important thing. Because too often I think too many people pull out of this and go, well, I don't have to have a relationship as long as I can pull the card out. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I had a friend of mine, a um, really good Christian person. They had family issues and stuff like that. And they were talking about their family. And, and I, I started kind of ministering to them. And I said, hey, are you spending quality time? And they went and started talking about all the things they do with this family member. Oh, yeah, we, we go and play games and we, you know, sit, sit around and we talk and we do this and we do this. And, and I started going, well, wait a minute. That's not quality time. See, quality time is not about the thing that I paid for us to go do or for us to just sit down. But quality time is when we're able to have that relationship you know, I can sit down and have a let's talk about the weather conversation with you. And there was no relationship. But there needs to be a, a point where we pull back each other's hearts and start speaking to the things that are inside of us. And that doesn't have to be very long. You know, we can actually have that very quickly. You know, with my own kids, I you know... Caleb will come in and it's kind of funny. You know, my mom used to say this all the time that, you know, I would dump stuff on her like in the middle of like we would be talking about all kinds of just other nonsense. And then all of a sudden I would just dump some sort of like heartfelt thing onto her, you know, you know, and those are the kind of things that my son does to me. We'll be sitting there and he's talking to me about his schoolwork and about blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, bam, he hits me with something. Heather knows and it's like, I wasn't prepared for that because of the conversations we've been having. But do you know that our hearts, that's the moment you open your heart. Okay, we need to have that conversation. We need to talk one-to-one. They need to trust you and you trust them. See, thankfulness is when I have seen the trust and when I have opened my heart to the favor between the two people. At that point... It just exudes. It's not even something I say. Thankfulness is not thank you. Thank you. You know, I can I can tell you this, and I may get to my, my sermon, but I may not. You know, Reba and Charlie, I'm so thankful for them. But let me tell you why I'm thankful for them. Because not only did they help me in the word of faith and to, to grow up in faith years and years ago when I didn't understand parts of the Bible. I didn't. And we would sit around, Charlie would, Charlie would just, I mean, matter-of-factly just tell me straight up, this is the way it is. You know, I loved that. Because that's the kind of person I am. Let me know. But you know what's so funny is I played on his praise and worship teams. He he helped you know me immensely to understand music and, and everything else. It made me more well-rounded. But you know, one of the things that I loved about Charlie was when we were deciding or we had the Lord had put it on our heart to do the church. But we were thinking it was going to be way down the road. You know, Charlie is led by the Holy Spirit. And him and Reba took us to Baja Burger. I can take you to the table. We were sitting over there. 
And I was shocked out of my gourd because he had went beyond just a, hey, we're having a conversation like a, a son, a son-in-law and a father-in-law to I had moved over into I've been praying for you, but I've also been led by the Holy Spirit for you. So that's when we start having the spiritual connection. And he started pouring his heart about what the Lord was showing him about my ministry. And I was like, Heather and I both were shocked. Do you know why we were shocked? It's because we didn't think anybody was praying about about our situation. We were thinking our situation is so far down the road. I mean, I thought I'd get Caleb out of college and we would, you know, before I would even start any of this. But I kept telling the Lord, Lord, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to open up people's hearts about this. And I thought that would be when we moved down here and we had all this stuff going on down here. But you know what? The Lord was talking to his heart and Reba's heart. I would even say mom and dad's heart. There was other people that he was talking to. Do you know that at the end of all this, we can have a relationship back and forth where we are, have favor with each other. But do you know that God, if we are really truly praying for each other and giving thanks and being mindful of our favor towards one another, God will open up the Holy Spirit to us to be able to be light and to be direction for others. Do you know Charlie and Reba was light and direction for us? It helped us to say it's okay for us to do something small now. Do you see what I'm saying here? See, being mindful of favor is have, like having a Thanksgiving feast where you didn't realize that you were going to get the best of the best in that smorgasbord. You know, God's opening up people's hearts and their minds to be able to have relationships. But they're also opening up our hearts and minds for us to see the favor of God in our life. To see the calls and the, and the, the things that, that he has been putting into our hearts come to pass. See, I, I think that's where the Christian body is going wrong is the fact that we believe that we are saved and stuck and there is nothing left. But Thanksgiving gives us the ability to go from go from. I got saved, now I'm trying to figure out where the next thing is to now I'm pulling people together. I'm pulling God's favor together. See, God wants to speak to each and every one of us and He wants to have relationship, but He wants us to have a corporate relationship as well. I think I'm going to, I think that's where I need to stop here and move on to my my message but I just wanted everybody to understand that the favor of God that is in your life that it is made not only for for you to have things which we all do I need to pay my bills how many people need to pay their bills right so pay your bills go get a job do whatever you need to do but at the end of the day don't don't let the things of this world change the favor of God in your life Because God's favor has nothing to do with things. The old wallet. The favor of God has to do with what he is giving to you and his gifts and his promises. You will get money. 
But that comes through the promises and the favor. How many people know, so okay, a prosperity message for just a second. How many people, I'm not going to preach a prosperity message, but I will tell you, in a prosperity message, if somebody says, hey, be believing God for a million dollars to come out of the sky and fall in your backyard. How many, how many people How many people would sit there and go, that's a good thing to believe for? The answer is no. In fact, if God made money, if God actually did it, it would be counterfeit. You, you get that, right? Because who made the money? United States of America. It, it's on... It's, Y'all don't believe me? I'll pull out a piece of money. I'll show y'all. It says the United States of America on the top of this piece of money. It doesn't. Say, it says in God we trust, but it says the United States of America. Well, God doesn't give us money that way. God gives us favor. See, the collateral, and I've heard this said by people, I do not believe faith is the is the money of heaven or any of that. I believe it's the favor of heaven that is the money. Faith is believing and trusting in God and He then gives us the favor. You know, if I have favor with someone, you know, it's funny because when I was, when I was first dating Heather, there was like a supernatural favor I had with her because most women would have ran, right? But she stayed, do you know that, that the, the favor that I had with her, I couldn't have given her money for that favor? I didn't have any. You know, there was nothing that I could have done in this world. The man-made world is not something that God is going to replicate. Man is replicating what God has already made. So we have to have favor with God, and God then gives us favor with the world. And then when we have favor with the world, you know, I've been in many situations where no one liked me at work because I, was, I could, could be because I was a Christian or maybe I didn't know everything I need to know or whatever. And God gave me supernatural favor, and then the money came. Then the ability for me to get that next promotion came. But see, that's... The thankfulness of God is being mindful of the favor that He has given us. So in Ephesians 1.15, we're going to talk a little bit about the fellowship of thankful, thanksgiving. In Ephesians 1.15, it says, Therefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of all the saints, did not cease, I did not cease to give thanks for you. This word thanks is... Uh, eucharisto and it means to be mindful of favor so we could say it like this he did not cease to give favor and to be mindful of favor to you making mention of you in your prayers now let me ask you something what was the thankfulness for okay the thankfulness was not about anything that they had done. Because he goes on to tell us what he was being thankful for. Okay? Follow with me. It says here in verse 17, and it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So, he was thankful 
that the Ephesians were going to get knowledge and revelation. That God was going to favor them with the ability for them to understand what He had for them. And it says here in verse 18, And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. How many people know we were called to the ministry of reconciliation? You know, that's one of our greatest callings. But the reconciliation is not just saying, hey, do you know Jesus? And let's get you saved and then you're done. But reconciling as a ministry is, what if I have a family member that I've not seen? What if I have a a co-worker that I'm upset at? What if I need to have relationship with someone? Reconciliation is to bring back together. You know, it's, it's kind of an accounting term, if you think about it. I know Charlie did accounting for many years in the banks and everything and for churches. You know, if I was to say, well, we're going to reconcile the books, what are we going to do? We're going to balance them. We're going we're gonna to take these, we're going to take everything and we're going to bring it back together. Oh, well, I have a debt over here and I have, you know, money over here. Well... I need to reconcile that debt. So now I go pay it off. Well, that means I've got less money, right? Well, if you think about it the same way in a relationship, if I'm trying to reconcile a debt, do you know that that may mean that sometimes I got to pay something that I won't have anymore? You know what one of those things is? Pride. Oh, I said something there. You know that if I have a debt with someone because we've, we've not had a good relationship, then I may have to pay in my ego and in my pride in order to be able to reconcile that debt. Does that make sense to everybody? We have, we have to understand that the reconciliation that we have through Jesus Christ is not just to have people come back and be saved, but it's also for us to have relationship with him. One of the things that I, that I really loved here is that one of our calls is to reconcile, but I also think that our call is to be the best husband or wife or sister or brother or boss or worker, you know, we're called to live a life of Christ. You know, everything that we should do should be in His glory. We should be proud to be Christians and to, to stand in that office of whatever it is. I, I wear many hats. I'm, I'm the pastor of this church. But guess what? I'm also a husband. I'm also a cybersecurity engineer. I'm also a boss. I also have to write papers and go out to the, the industry and work for them. I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a brother. You know that in every single thing, when I look at the call of reconciliation, when I look at the call of how things, ha- when things are happening, I have to start looking at what is my trust balance. 
I took a, a, a class years ago called the, the Speed of Trust. And you can only move as fast with people as much as they trust you is basically what it was. And it was trying to help you get to a place of trusting. Do you know that's all it is with faith in God? The Speed of Trust. You know, if God calls you to go do something and you're like, I don't want to do it. What if you have a family member that you haven't talked to in a long time and you're like, God keeps going, hey, you need to reconcile that. Do you know that at the end of, at the end of that, you have to trust God enough to go, I don't have enough in the tank to be able to pay that debt. You see what I'm saying here is that faith is the trust. So if we're being called to reconcile, if we're being called to have these relationships and to be the people of God that we were called to do, that means that we have to have our eyes enlightened. We have to have our knowledge enlightened into how to do our callings. It says right here in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? It means that we've got some inheritance that we also have that we need to understand so we can go pull from it. You know, if you were, I've said this many times, if you had, um, you know, if you had no money and you were sitting there going, I- I'm hungry. You know, I know for a fact I can go walk up in my mom and dad's house. I can go walk up in Reba and Charlie's house and I, or Carol's house and I can say, hey, I'm hungry. And they'll go, there's a refrigerator. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. You know, that's a part of my inheritance is to be a part of the family and to, to know that I have some security in that. Do you know that also as a part of my inheritance in Christ I need to know that when I need something from my heavenly father, that I can go to him boldly into his throne room. That I don't have to dance around and go, but I I messed up, father. So I have to stay outside. No. What does your inheritance say? Your inheritance says that you can go to the father. What if I've messed up? So what? You know, it actually says in Matthew, it says that you being evil give better gifts or think that you give better gifts, but your heavenly father being good gives even better gifts. So I know without a shadow of a doubt, I can walk up and I can, I can get something from my own family. Do you know that the same thing in the inheritance of the saints is sitting there for each and every person? You know, I'm so thankful because I can go back and I can tell you how many times that I just didn't have the strength within myself to be able to carry on. But I just went back to the father and said, father, you're going to have to help me. And you know what happened? I didn't get a big check. You know, he started sending people. He started sending ideas. Do you know that the word works and and the Holy Spirit will teach you all things that you have learned? I've been sitting there going, hey, I need an answer. And all of a sudden, boom, something, something from the word of God pops back up. And I go, that's the answer. Do you know that when we have our eyes enlightened to the understanding of where we're supposed to go? 
Man, it's that easy. I am so thankful for that. And it says here in verse 19, it says, What is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand uh, in heavenly places, far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in which is to come. Do you know that that whole scripture right there, I used to think, oh, okay, well, I have power over, over the devils, principalities and powers. You know that I do have power over the devil, but also have power over principalities. Do you know what a principality is? A principality is not a devil. Principality is my government. If my government comes against me, if, if the people who, let's just say, I mean, uh, the man who owns this building, you know that I have favor with him. I have favor with my government. I have favor with the people that are around me. If they're in power over me, I have favor with them. Do you know that this is a promise that I am thankful for? Because I see it all the time. Every single time that I've had I've had to go and do something. You know, when we were trying to get the 501c3 for this church, a lady from like Cleveland, Ohio calls me up from the government, the IRS, and says, hey, you want to do the 501c3? You messed up. But if you will send me this piece of paper and you will change this, then I can do this. And, and I just talked to her and I blessed her and I prayed for her. You know what? I had my 501c3 in about four weeks. That was faster than most people have it. Do you know that I have, I have power and dominion, but I also have favor with those that have power and dominion over me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And see, these, these, these powers that are, that are, that are out there, a lot of times we're afraid of them. And I mean, I'm afraid of the police. The police says, stop, I'm going to stop. I'm going to do what they say. So I'm telling everybody, go out. If the police pulls you over this afternoon, don't go, well, Pastor Dusty says that I'm, I've got dominion over you. And No, because I will go, that was stupid, okay? But what I want you to understand is that if you have dominion, you have favor. That means that that they might pull me over and they might harass me. But I'm going to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what? I had that happen. I got pulled over more times you can you can think about when I was a teenager. You know, I went, amen. You know, Adamsville knew, my, knew me by name. And it was a speed trap. The whole city was a speed trap. If you went... One, two miles an hour over, they pulled you over. It didn't matter. And um, in fact, they actually got in trouble for that a couple years ago. But anyway, the, the thing is, is that I'm a big guy. I was in this little bitty small truck. I remember one night I was sitting there and I could not get my wallet out of my, out of my, my back pocket without taking my, my seatbelt off. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, because the guy was acting really squirrely. And I told him, I said, I said, hey, i got to get my wallet out of my back pocket. I'm going to be reaching back there. 
And he goes, he goes, well, okay, but let me see your hands. I was like, I, my hands are going to my rear end. I, I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be able to see that. So he made me step out of the truck and I pulled my wallet out and, and I, I gave him my license and my registration. The guy wrote me a ticket and I went on. Do you know that, you know that in my life, I'm pretty sure that if I had been a jerk or if I had done something improper, I was going to go to jail. And the worst is probably I could have been beaten or shot or whatever. See, what we have to understand is that we have, we have to understand our authority. And we have to understand our favor. And then we have to live like that's the way it is. I'm going to say that again. We have to live like that's the way it is. Do you know that if somebody came in here and I said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, police came in. They, they said, hey, we're going to take you in. Yes, sir. I go in to the, to the police station. If I answer all the questions and I don't have anything to worry about, then I'm going to have favor. That's just the way it is. I'm going to live like I have favor. You know, in our lives, a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we, if we look at it from that perspective in our own families, we will feel their shame or their pain or whatever, and we shy away from them. Or we lash out, or they lash out, and then the next thing you know is that everybody's in a big ruckus. But you know, if I act like I live in the favor of God, that means that there's things that they could say to me or do to me or harass me and I'm still just going to be like, yes, sir. You know, if we all lived like that, we'd have better relationships. If I acted like the child of God that I am, then it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter how you speak to me. You know, I have to work on that as much as anybody else. But do you know that in my life, the more and more I've gotten into who I am at Christ Jesus and the more I've been thankful for the things that God has put in my life, I just know I have people that came at me this week at work, came at me, wrote really bad things about what I had done. My big project for the year finished up on Tuesday. They came and they basically dogged it to like all of my managers. And you know what happened? The favor of God kicked in. And I came back and said, "Why? Well, thank you for the feedback. I can I know we can do better. I will, you know, take your I'll take all of your uh suggestions and you know into account." And then what happened was all these managers started coming in and going, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. And, you know, and just basically stood up for me. All the things I wanted to say, they said for me. But you know what? I just acted like a child of God. I just said, you know what? Okay, I take your, I take whatever you're saying and I'm going to move on. Do you know that, that even, even Jesus himself didn't take up for himself? You know Why? Because if he had, he wouldn't have been able to have been the son of God. 
See, a son, a son of the Most High King has people who do, do that stuff for them. See, we live in a completely different society than that. But if I know without a shadow of a doubt that the favor of God is chasing after me, that the goodness of God is chasing after me, that the mercy of God is chasing after me, then I'm not worried about when somebody says something that's the opposite of that. I live my life in charis, in the grace of God. In fact, the word thankful is actually the root word. It's, it's charis. And this word charis means grace, gifts, and promises. See, I went to Karis Bible College. And I've got a lot of people that I went to school with and they say, I'm a grace preacher. Well, you know, I've been to Word of Faith churches and they were like, I'm a faith preacher. You know that all these things are, is a part of the same process. I, can, I, can I give you the little secret behind God's word? It's all for us. The, the grace of God, the gift of God was given to us first so that we could believe in it, which is we could trust it. And if you do that, then you live in it. So I'm not taking one thing and cherry picking it. I'm taking it all. I want the whole thing, people. And see, that's what I want you to understand is that if you're mindful of the favor of God that is on your life, then you know what's going to happen? then you're going to have the gifts and the grace of God that comes behind it. Amen. We're about to take communion. So, Dad, go ahead and you can go ahead and turn the music on. I'm going to read Matthew 26 here to you real quick. But Matthew 26 is where they had the Last Supper. And, and Jesus was said, you know, he took the bread and he blessed it. It means that he spoke well of the bread. Now, how many people would have spoke well of bread? But see, Jesus himself understood what the bread was going to represent. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks. It's the same word. Eucharistos. And it means to be mindful of the favor of God that was on his life. And he gave it to them and he said, drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for as many as the remissions of sins. You know that his body is tied back to many, many different scriptures. But one of my favorite ones, and the way that I love to, to see it, is in Isaiah 53, 4. And it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. See, what we have to understand is that when Jesus went to go take this bread, and when he went to break it, he said, there are things that have been said about me in my word. There are things that have been said about what my body was going to constitute. And look at them all. 
It's he bored our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. That means the things that you've done, the things that you're going to do, he was actually taking it in his own body for you. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Do you know that I need peace every single day? That means that he took the pain of strife and he gave us peace. See, the body of Christ, when he said it has been broken, he basically said, this represents all of the things that I have done that you have promises in them. Take you all and eat all of it. Father, we just thank you for giving us Jesus and his body to be broken for us so that we now have peace, that we have prosperity, we have, we have everything that is in him that He's taken away our sins, He's taken away our transgressions, Father. And by His stripes, we were healed. And likewise, He took the wine. And He gave thanks for it. He said, be mindful of my new covenant. Because I'm giving thanks that I'm able to give my body and my blood to you. Do you know that this is an important fact that you need to understand? Is that Jesus was thankful to go to the cross. How many people would be thankful to be beaten and to go to the cross? Nobody. But he said said and saw on the other side, he saw Betty and Carol and Jack and he saw all of us. And he went to the cross to be able to provide this new covenant so that we would be able to be in him and through him. And that we no longer had to, to fight against the wiles of our flesh and the devil in order to be a part of his kingdom. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 9, it says, it says, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your consciousness from the dead works of serving the living God. He's basically saying right here that you no longer have to worry about what you have to do in order to have righteousness with God anymore. Because I've done it. I was the spotless lamb. And it says here in verse 15, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. That basically means that he now mediates between you and God. You know, every time something bad happens or every time you do something wrong or every time there's something that you're sitting there going, I'm feeling ashamed for it. And you go and you pray to God and God says, yes, that would be death under the old covenant. 
I can't even be around it. And Jesus walks and he mediates for you. And he says, take a look at my body. I did it all for them. And God says, they're my son and they're my daughter. See, this is the beauty of the new covenant is that there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he said, he said here, for those who are called, this word actually means to utter. This is what we do when we confess that we may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. So when Jesus said, here's this wine that is my blood, it's the blood of the new covenant, it was showing us that he was going to mediate for our sins. Take ye and drink all of it. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I thank you that your blood, that it not only washed away our sins, but it also, it put a seal across us that we no longer have to worry about whether or not we're in the family. We are now having inheritance. The law of God has been written on our heart. We now, for those who have confessed Jesus as Lord, we now have his name written on our heart. I just thank you for it. I thank you that you are, I thank you for the things that you've done, but also the relationship that you wanted to have with us. So thankful. So thankful. I am mindful of the favor that you gave to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have any long closeout here. But in this Thanksgiving season, do you see that what we have to be thankful for? We have so much. And you know, Jesus gave freely so that we could receive freely. And everybody here, I know you're saved. I've known you for a long time. But you know that we need to go out and teach this message to others. If you've got people in your family, you need to just tell them what you're thankful for them for. You need to to show them what we should be thankful to Jesus for. Because I think that if we show the world what we actually are thankful for, not just Oh, it's just a passive thank you. But that we actually tell them about the goodness of God. That we tell them about the promises of God through Jesus Christ that died on the cross and that his body was broken for us and that his blood was poured out on the mercy seat so that we could now be brought in to the family and that our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. You know, all that... All that means is, is that it's just like if I adopted a kid, there's a record that my name is a part of the family. Amen. Amen. Well, 
I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have one of the best Thanksgivings that you ever did. I'm believing it. And so if everybody would bow your head with me. Oh. Okay. 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 Well, um, I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna pray for a couple of families here. Uh, we had uh, we had three people who passed away this week: uh, Chris Harmon, uh, Glenn Gay, and uh, and Jenny Smith. And I know some of you don't know some of these people, but we've known some of them, like Jenny Smith and um, you know Glenn Gay is a, is friends of our of our family. Um, and then Chris Harmon was actually my brother-in-law. Um, years ago my sister's uh, ex and so I want um, you know I want us to pray for their families because if they're saved they've already moved on and went to heaven you know it's the people down here that we're having to, to pray for peace for so everybody bow your head Father we come to you in Christ Jesus name I just pray over those families of the people who had passed for Chris Harmon's family I pray dear Lord in Jesus name that you know, you're just giving them peace. I pray for uh, Glenn Gay's family that, uh, Father, uh, you be with Elsie and with uh, their family as they're going through this time. And Father, I, I pray over Jenny Smith and, and all the, the gambles and the, um, you know, all of their whole family, Father, and their church family. I just pray in Jesus' name that you are giving them peace. And that you're helping them to reconcile the idea that they are in the best place that they could possibly be. And I just pray in Jesus' name that, that we see um, people coming to the understanding of the thankfulness of who they were. And not just the mourning of, who, of, of where they had come from and, and them dying. But Father, also remembering the good things that had happened in their life with these people. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for a great Thanksgiving. We thank you, dear Lord, that families are coming back together and that we're going to see uh, people being reconciled back together. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that, that this is going to be one of the best, most memorable times in, in each and every person's life that is listening to uh, this message. And Father, we just praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, we've got a birthday coming up tomorrow. Ina. So I'm going to sing happy birthday to Ina. How about everybody coming in together? Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ina. Happy birthday to you. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming out this morning. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving, and y'all are dismissed. Bless the